You know, it's uh, this past Friday we had our staff and uh, board Christmas party at our house, and uh, we had all of them over, and it was a great night, and we had great food, and Kasha has the house all decked out, and so that was fantastic, and we're sitting around, and we're just hanging out, and uh, there was a moment where we were sitting there, and we were kind of, we had asked everyone to bring a gift, and this year, instead of having everyone just bring a random gift, we actually drew names and had them actually bring a specific gift for a specific person. And uh, they were supposed to think of that person and think about, you know, when I think about this person, what, what, what comes to mind? And this would be a great gift for him. And so we're going through all these different gifts and we're watching and it was kind of like Christmas morning, you know, you couldn't open up your gift till I went and handed it to him. And so I would hand it to people and kind of explain it. So I had Pastor Braley and of course, knowing Pastor Braley, my initial thought was like, man, I, I, I've got to go to Goodwill because if you know anything about Pastor Braley, he loves Goodwill. So I'm like, I got to go in there and see if I can find something. I found a pair of socks. Um, they were new socks, um, but I found those there. I still left the tag on them. And, uh, and then I found Kasha loves Pampered Chef. There's this little meat thing that she loves so much. And so uh, I got that because I knew she had ivy. Uh, and so I actually slid it in the gift and left the tag on it without Kasha knowing it. So Kasha was like, oh, surprise. I didn't know I got that for you because I, I wanted our goodwill tradition to be passed on. But um, so those moments are all happening. Everyone's kind of watching it. And, and uh, we get to one and uh, it's Gary. And so Gary Tuttle, who's on our board, um, is sitting there. And, and uh, Jacob, who is... Um, our worship slash kids intern here at um, Bethany, uh, young guy, just full of passion, loves Jesus like crazy, but he wasn't feeling well that night, and so he actually had gone home, and so he wasn't able to be there, so he brought his gift and had Karis bring it, and so uh, Gary gets the gift, and he opens it up, and when he opens it up, he finds this inside of there. Now, at first, when I saw it, I thought, man, this looks just like a whisk, right? Like, so I'm like thinking, is he asking, you know, Gary to cook for him? Like, what's the, what's the deal? But, but now I, I, I was going to show some incriminating video that I had of Gary, but I thought, Gary is on the board. I need Gary to like me. So I picked somebody else, but here, here's, here's how this device works. So you, uh, you put it over your head and the prongs kind of go around it and you just move it up and down. Now, you probably can't read this, so I'll read it for you. I, I went online and I found uh, this. It says, with a beautiful copper shine, this copperhead massager reduces tension by stimulating sensitive nerves in the scalp with its soft white rubber tips. Utter bliss. <laughs> Utter bliss. Now, Ahead of that, though, it says it's $17.50 or six payments of $2.91. No joke, right there, you can buy it online. And so Gary got that gift, and, and here's what I was thinking in my mind. That gift right there, in my mind, was not the best gift. And sometimes throughout the Christmas season, you can take that off of there right there, but sometimes in the midst of the season, we receive gifts that we love, and sometimes we receive gifts that we don't. In fact, um, studies would say this, that 86% of both men and women say that they receive at least one 
unwanted gift during the holidays. At least one. So, I don't know, maybe Gary was really hoping for that gift. It was funny because Jacob had asked Ivy, what is, what is Gary like? And, and, and basically she's like, he, he really likes, you know, the Penguins hockey team. He, he, he's, like, he's like all things hockey. Uh, he loves the Steelers. She's given him all these great ideas of things that he could get. He loves cats, all those things. And yet, and yet Jacob is like, I got the perfect gift, a head massager. Head massager. Gary, how's that been working for you? Come on. <laughs> Says it works great in the board meetings on Wednesday night. He's going he's gonna to be sitting down there using that puppy. They, they estimate that during a person's uh, lifetime that they will have probably gotten around $950 worth of unwanted bad Christmas gifts. That throughout the, you know, someone's lifetime, they'll be around $950 that will be spent on somebody during that time. Now, people were asked this question uh, about Christmas. They said, what is it that you love about Christmas? And of those surveyed, they said 52% of them said the, the thing they love the most is they love spending time with family. Another, uh, the next one would be 14%, they love the festive atmosphere. 13% love the time off work, 11% love the food, 5%, and I think this is really interesting, 5% love the presents, most of all, and then 5%, another 5%, I'm making a total of 100, actually uh, love nothing at all about Christmas. So there's like 5% of people that said, I just, I don't like anything about Christmas, and I'm like, bah humbug. But I think it's interesting how presence is so low down the list of what people want. I was talking with my best friend, and I said, man, I said, I know you can kind of get whatever you want. And, and uh, I said, but man, what is, what's that one gift? If, like, if I could give you any one gift for Christmas, what would that one gift be? And he's like, just some quality time with you. And I was like, aww. <laughs> and he's like, so how about I fly you down to Florida you and your wife, so we can spend some quality time together and, uh, at the first of the year. And I'm like, I don't know. You fly. You pay for me to go down there. You put us up in the hotel, all those things, so we can have quality time. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know if that's a good idea. And, but it was interesting for him because for him, it was like, I just, I, just, I just want your presence. I just, not my presence, my presence. He just wanted us to be able to hang out just wanted us to be able to spend some time together. And I wonder how many of us this season throughout that we would look around us and we would realize that it's not about all the gifts. It's not even about all the decorations. It's really about spending time with those around us. Now, whether that's family, whether that's friends, whether that's people that we come to church with. Some of you may say, uh, maybe, maybe right now you don't have family that's close by. Maybe for you right now you don't have even close friends. Can I just encourage you, the body of Christ is meant to be a community of people where we do life together. And no one should do life alone. And so I would encourage you, man, develop relationships with people here in this place who are even here today. Spend time with them because the reality of it is, is tis the season. Tis the season to, to see what God is doing. Tis the season to, to welcome other people in. Tis the season to give as well. 
I love what Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. And today I want to really focus in on this idea of tis the season to give. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, if you want to just go ahead and write that word right off the bat, just go ahead and write give. You see, for many of us, when we look at this idea of giving, uh, we think of this definition. Uh, the definition of give is this, is to grant or be to bestow or offer or transfer from one's authority. Now that's the verb. In context as a verb, it means to grant or bestow or to offer or to transfer. So it's like if I have a, something, if I have this iPad in my hand and I gave it to you as a gift, I'm transferring it to you. And many times we look at it as that. That's what giving is all about. But it's interesting when you look at uh, the word give as, as a noun here. It's the ability of a material to bend or stretch. And I want you to think this morning about this idea of giving, this idea of give, as the ability of you bending and you stretching. There's this idea of you and I being stretched in our lives. Because see, a lot of times what happens is, is we love to give out of the abundance but many times, the way that we actually have to give is not always out of abundance. Sometimes, it's even in moments of lack. Sometimes, it's when we don't even feel like we have enough resources to be there. So, we feel like we're being bent. We feel like we're being stretched. For many of us, you joined on this faith move journey here at the end of the year and the whole idea of the faith move was let's just finish the year out strong these last four months and let's see what God could possibly do as we took a move of faith together and we addressed many things across um, our church from the roof, we put a brand new roof on, to the parking lot, to now we're working on the lower level. And we've been in the midst of a lot of change and a lot of things that are happening and eventually we'll move up here to the foyer area and then we'll be addressing another. We've been addressing things here in the sanctuary, from filling in the steps here, uh, to putting the subs back in, to addressing the sound. So many different pieces that we've been doing right now. And it comes as people are taking a faith move with us. And so many people said, hey, I'm going to pledge. And they made early pledges. And, and people are now saying, hey, I'm, I'm ready to see what God's going to do. And when Kasha and I first felt like the Lord was laying on our heart, a number, her and I... Um, and we've been kind of silent about this, but, but her and I felt like the Lord had spoke to us and said, Brian, I want you to give $5,000. Now, for Kasha and I to give $5,000, we this year have had a whole lot of firsts. One of them is, is tuition at, at um, our kids' school at LCS went up because we no longer got received a scholarship that we were normally getting before, and that scholarship was only two years, so all of a sudden now that went up. We're paying for our daughter's college because we made a deal with her where we said, we'll pay half, you pay the other half, and so we're paying that. So all of a sudden now we have all these other things. And so honestly, I was looking at things and I was going, man, I feel right now like we're going to be bent. I feel right now like we're going to be stretched. But we felt that God had said, that's what I want you to do. Now, I don't have a whole bunch of other, you know, jobs or anything else out there. And so I was just like, okay, God, you're just going to have to do it. And I, and I stand in front of you today saying that God has provided for us, and we've given that $5,000. And I could go into all the reasons and how God's done it. 
And I don't tell you that so you can go, oh, Pastor Brian, you're amazing. I'm trying to help you stretch your faith. I'm trying to help you stretch by modeling it. And here's what I would say. There's many of us in this room who you've been modeling for years what it means to trust God in your finances, what it means to trust God in your resources. And the younger generation is looking to you and they're saying, are you still going to keep modeling? And the younger generation, I'm telling you, you watch those who have gone ahead of you. This, this building and all this property is completely debt-free. That didn't happen because... Just, well, just, it just happened. It was because people modeled giving and, and modeled this heart of allowing their lives to be bent and to be stretched. And so today, I want to talk about tis the season to give. It's interesting, Jesus is quoted in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, and this is what it says. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus is quoted as saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And can I just say, it is. It is. It is more blessed to give to others than it is to actually receive. I'm excited because I know that each and every dollar that Kasha and I gave towards the faith move is going to impact the life of a kid. It's going to impact a marriage. It's going to impact people in our community. See, I don't see those as dollar signs. I see those as lives that are being changed. And I immediately look at them and go, okay, that's seed in the ground. That's just more seed in the ground. Thank you, God, for more seed in the ground. Because you know what happens? Is that I get to reap harvest in my lives, in my life as God does that. And can I, can I just tell you something pretty crazy? Um, and I'm not, I, I, I'm cautious in sharing this because I don't want you to think it's like if you plant a seed that you'll immediately get back. But this morning I was literally struck with this thought. The Lord had laid on our heart to give $5,000. And we had sacrificed and done things in order to make that happen. And I was sitting there and the Lord just reminded me this morning. He said, Brian, remember, I've already given you that $5,000 back. And, and, and what happened is, is someone actually gave us a personal gift. And that isn't how we actually paid for it. But someone actually gave us a personal gift of $5,000. And they had done it $3,000 at one time, and then they give us another $2,000, and literally it added up to $5,000. And the Lord this morning reminded me, and said, Brian, I asked you to be faithful in that. You were faithful in your finances. You were faithful in moving things around and making sure that happened. And then look what I did for you. Because see... Giving is this, it's this idea of just worship to the Lord. And you know what? That's how I see it is Kasha and I are constantly worshiping the Lord through our giving. We're constantly worshiping the Lord through the giving of our time, our talents, and the resources that he's entrusted us with. And I'm not, and this is the thing, I, I'm cautious in sharing that to you because I don't want you to think it's like we give and then we get. That's not how this whole thing works. But it is interesting how when we have seed planted in the ground, how sometimes those harvests come quicker than what we ever thought. And how God does those things in there. But, but this morning I really want to focus in on this idea of giving. In, in, in Stephen Covey's book, and if you guys know anything about Stephen Covey, he's a, a leadership guru. And uh, he talks about the highly effective habits of people who are successful, basically. And um, he talks about the difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. See, I think for some of us this morning, we have a scarcity mindset. What we think about is, is we think there's never enough. And our mindset immediately when we hear about needs that are around us is we immediately go, oh, there's not enough. 
There's not enough to help take care of the people. We look at the needs around our community. We go, oh, there's just not enough. There's just not enough. We look at the needs here at the church. We go, oh, there's just not enough. And we have this scarcity mindset that for some reason, since we were younger, we were taught that there's just never enough. But then you always meet individuals who are different and it seems like they experience things differently in their life. And when you really begin to look at it, and Stephen Covey talks about it, he says, highly effective people don't have a scarcity mindset. They actually have an abundant mindset. They're constantly looking at things and saying, oh, there is way more than enough resources. Oh, there, there's enough of what God, you know, has in these moments. And, and I think for many of us, I want to challenge us to this. I want to challenge you this morning to have an abundant mindset. And if you have a scarcity mindset where you're like, you, you're always like, I got to hold on to every penny. I, gotta, I just got to hold on because you never know what may happen. Maybe the stock market will crash. Maybe this will happen. And what happens is, is we have the scarcity mindset that, that I won't have enough to take care of myself. And yet God is saying, listen, if you'll have an abundant mindset, then I will continue just to pour into you and I'll continue to see you continue to move forward and, and you'll always realize that there's actually more than enough. See, a scarcity mindset really is a lack of faith. It's funny because the whole idea of the faith move is to operate and flex a faith muscle. <laughs> it's like, let's just flex this muscle and see what God's going to do. And there are people across this room who have flexed the faith muscle. I know of one who, who has been watching and and basically, we, him and I were talking via text this week, and he's basically just saying, you know what? I know in my life that I cannot outgive God. And so I am just going to trust him and exercise faith like crazy. And I believe that God is just going to continue to pour out blessings into his life. Because he's saying, you know what? Instead of having a lack of faith, because that's really what scarcity is. It's lack of faith. And then here's the key in scarcity is many times it focuses in on self. I don't have enough. I don't have the resources. My life has changed. And we have the scarcity mindset, but yet if we have an abundant mindset, what it is is there in that moment, that's where we step out in faith. It's in those moments that we then operate in generosity, generosity in our time and generosity in our resources, generosity in our talents. I was talking with my dad last night and he was talking about how the Levites and the priests would take care of the temple and He's going to be helping us out with different things around the church. And, and he says, you know, I really see this as an act of worship to the Lord. I'm giving of my time and my talents. It's an act of worship to the Lord. When we uh, did our, the building that we had originally, um, the church that we had planted in Holt, I mean, 9,000 square foot building, um, a little bit smaller than here, but... But that building, we did all brand new electrical, we ran new service in there and all that, and my dad did all of that, all of it. And you know what? He never asked for a penny. And during that time, he sowed of his time and his talent, and God has continued to bless him. See, I have a good model in my parents who are actually sitting right down here, and I can think about the amount of times that they've sown seed and what God has done and the blessings that God has done and bestowed upon them. I'm telling you, you want to change your generation, you want to change things for your kids, then live a life where you're trusting God, where you're stepping out in faith, and have an abundant mindset versus a scarcity mindset. 
I'm believing that here at Bethany we are going to lead the way. And here's, here's a huge statement today. We're going to lead the way with audacious generosity, believing that it's more blessed to give than to receive. That we are going to be audacious. This idea of being over the top in generosity. That people are like, man, the people at Bethany are like crazy generous. That we just live that way, that we think that way, that we're not scarcity mindset, that we are abundant, that we say, man, God, you are going to do even greater things. I'm going to be audacious in my generosity. So here's a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being less generous and 10 being more generous, where are you this morning? And I know you can't write it up there, but how about in your notes? Just take a moment right now on a scale of 1 to 10. When you look at your life right now, are you at one or are you towards 10? Where are you? And just take a moment, just do a self inventory. You don't have to show it to anybody. I'm not gonna ask you to do that or anything. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. Okay, how many of you are ones? How many of you are twos? Not gonna do that. But I want you right now to just take a moment and just self inventory. Where am I? Where am I on the scale of generosity? Because if we're going to believe in an abundant and in an audacious generosity, then we have to understand what Jesus said and take it to heart that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Tis the season to give. To give. <laughs> so let me share with you this morning four audacious, uh, four ways to audacious generosity. Because some of us are sitting here like, maybe you did that survey and you, and you wrote it down, and maybe you're not quite where you want to be on that scale right there. So can, let me challenge you to four ways to audacious generosity. Because there's this saying that says this, that we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Let me say that again for you. We make a living by what we get but we make a life by what we give. And I believe that there are many of us who are sitting here in this room who are listening online, and today you are saying, I, I, I want to I be known by what I, what I give. I want to live life in that way. I want to make life that way. So four ways. The first is this, is, is this, is that we need to break free. We need to break free. The reason why I say that is because, see, many of us, what we don't understand is that we find ourselves in bondage to debt. See, the problem isn't that we don't want to be generous with our resources. It's not that we don't want to be generous with our time. It's just we are enslaved to someone else. Some of you, you can't give of your time because you're enslaved to making more and more money because you need to have more and more money to pay off your debt. And so you owe more to Chase Bank and you owe more to Bank of America and whoever than anyone else. And so every month you're having to work more. So it's like I can't give them my time because I have to work more. And because I have to work more, then that will actually pay back the debt instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to break free. I'm going to live a life of generosity. And it starts with me breaking free from the mindset that I have to have it now. From the mindset that if I, if I need it, I just go and borrow it. To the mindset of, oh, I need the new car right now, so what's the deal if I just continue payments? I've talked to people who will say that. They're like, ah, my life, I just, I just live a life where I always have a car payment. 
I always have a house payment. Man, you know what? I want to live a life where I don't have a car payment and when I don't have a house payment. My parents just paid their house off and I was telling my mom and she's like, it is fantastic. She's like, we got no payment on our house. And I'm like, you mean you actually own it? Yes. I mean, besides the taxes that we get the privilege of paying all the time. But man, debt free, like that's awesome how God has done that in there. Why? Because they said, we're going to break free from this. Jesus said it this way. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. For either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. And the reality of it is many of us are slaves to money. Because we found ourselves in moments of debt, and instead of breaking free, we just continue in these patterns. Can I just challenge you with something? Get out of debt. Pastor Brian, it just seems hopeless. I know. Get out of debt. Pastor Brian, I just don't even know how to do it. Just take one step at a time. Dave Ramsey uh, talks about this all the time. He, he talks about how the problem is, is not that people don't want to give. It's just the fact that there's so much in debt they can't give. So he, he wrote an article here a few weeks back, and, and in the article it was, it was titled this, Pastors Stop Telling People to Tithe. And when I first read it, I was like, what? And then you go and read it, you're like, oh, he trolled me. He totally did. Because what he's saying is, is stop telling people to tithe first. Tell them to get out of debt. And he's saying the tithe will come in those moments. And he said people need to trust God in that area, but they also need to trust that they can actually get out of debt and they need to take the necessary steps. Listen, if you're tithing but you're continuing to be in debt, you're not living the fullness of who God has for you. Because I'm telling you, you're going to still experience God's blessing, but it's not the fullness of his blessing. Because what will happen is, is when you find yourself not in debt and not slave to someone else, you'll find freedom that you never knew to be there. So here's some simple ways to do it. I would encourage you to maybe... Look at going on to Crown Financial. Now, that's online. I was doing a little research on it. And on Crown Financial, uh, the one who originally started that was a man by the name of Larry Burkett. And uh, years ago, he had started that. And so now they have a whole online platform. And it costs only $14.95. And in there, you will have every resource you need to get out of debt for $14.95. They talk about the debt snowball in there, and then they talk about the debt avalanche in there, which if you're curious as to what that is, then go online and look, type in Crown Financial, and you can go right on there. Dave Ramsey has tons of resources that are out there, but those two right there are two resources that I trust that I think would really help you. If you find yourself in a place where you find yourself in debt, then go and learn. Go and read and begin to make the necessary steps to take the debt away. Proverbs 22 says this, verse 7, that the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Can I just challenge you that God has called us to his riches? (laughs) But some of us keep going back into slavery when God has actually called us to freedom. So take the necessary steps. Maybe for you, it's like, you got to stop eating out. Maybe for you to get out of debt, it's like, you're going to skip going to the movies. Maybe for you, you're going to make coffee at home instead of going and getting Starbucks. Or better yet, maybe just drink water. Some of you are like, I just can't. 
I just can't. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe drink that, that Folgers stuff or something that's in there. I didn't say it was bad. I just said drink the Folgers stuff. I made a joke on that. If you, don't, if you didn't realize, uh, today back there with the coffee, we have all of the great coffee that we serve every week. And then we also have uh, Folgers back there because I felt so bad for dog and Folgers last week. So we just wanted to say that maybe some of you love Folgers, so it's back there. Please drink it. We made it for you. And um, it's right there. And um, so go ahead. But we got to break free. We need to break free. Maybe for some of us, it's, it's um, making affordable or scaled down meals at home. Maybe for some of us, it's using less heating or coo- cooling. I was talking with, I think it's Ivy and Chase. I don't know, maybe they have turned their heat on in their house. I don't know if they have. They were trying to wait till Christmas. Um, <laughs> before they did that and their bill Ivy was saying has been fantastically lower and so that's that's awesome but uh, maybe maybe do that um, my mom always comes over our house and she's always like I gotta wear like a coat and gloves and everything and I'm like we keep it a little cooler um, can't we keep it at 65 that's not even that bad some of you are like 65 that's warm if you go to Dan and Krista Sharps, they keep theirs at 60 in their house. <laughs> he said, he, Dan was telling me this week, he said, Liam came up to him and was like, Dad, I am freezing. And he looked at him and he's like, Dude, go get some clothes on. You're in your underwear. <laughs> so put some clothes on. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Break free. You want to... You want to, yeah, I guess to say that after that, break free. <laughs> I did not plan that that way. That's a good example. Just, But seriously, let's break free from the debt. Come on, young people, listen to me. Don't go into, I know, I know society says you got to have it now and all that. Break free from it. Save. Save your money. Don't go out and just spend it. Don't go out there and say, oh, well, they said I could get it with this credit card. No, don't. Remember this, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. You want to have that audacious generosity? Then you've got to break free. The next thing is this, is you've got to plan it. You've got to plan it. Isaiah 32, verse 8 says this, but generous people plan. But generous people plan to do what is generous. Generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. They plan it and they stand firm in it. Because here's what I have always seen in my life, is that generosity will always be challenged. Some of you were generous and you stepped up and you grabbed one of the the stockings and you said I'm gonna fill this thing and put things in it for you know a young boy or young girl across our community and it's interesting how many times you'll do that you'll make a faith move and all of a sudden something else will happen maybe your dryer breaks or something happens. you're like man that's not how it's supposed to work pastor Brian said that's not no 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 I'm telling you that stuff does happen and that's where a passage of scripture like this listen generous people plan to be generous and then they stand firm in their generosity don't second guess it. Oh, man, I, maybe I shouldn't have done that. No, stand firm in it. 
Stand firm in it in that moment and plan it out. There are different ways that you and I can plan to make an impact around our community, to, to be audacious with our generosity. Here, here's a simple way right here, is you could use impact cards. So an impact card is real simple. It's this, it's, it's showing God's love in a practical way. I have a stack of impact cards right here. Maybe for you it's going out and buying someone's McDonald's. I'm telling you, our town is crazy for McDonald's. Drive by the McDonald's right down the street from us, and that sucker is packed all the time. It's like ridiculous. I, I don't ever go. One, I don't like McDonald's, but two, it's always so busy. I'm not going to sit there in my car and wait that long to go around and get junky food. I'm sorry. It's not, I mean, it's not all junky, but there's some good stuff in there. Trying to be nice. And maybe you'd say, that's not showing God's love, Pastor Brian, buying that food for them. Okay. Maybe you go to someone in Panera. Maybe, I, I don't know, you just show God's love by showing generosity to other people who are around you. And these cards are made available to you to actually show God's love in a practical way around the community. And so it's like, you buy someone's, their coffee, here you go. You fill up their car with gas, here you go. And when they look at you and go, what, why would someone do that? You just say, just trying to show God's love in a practical way. That's having audacious generosity. But you know what you gotta do? You gotta plan for it. And I don't know how many times where I haven't done a good job planning for it, didn't have the card on me, and I'm like, ah! Oh. So then I'm trying to write it on a receipt or something, and it just doesn't, doesn't have quite the impact of sitting there and actually saying, you know what, I planned for this. I put these in my wallet, I put them in my purse, I put them in my car, I have them at my workplace in case I'm around and I wanna buy my coworkers lunch or something like that. You plan for it. And this is a simple tool for you to be able to show God's love in a practical way around the community and for God to actually get the credit in the midst of it. Be creative. Be creative in how you show generosity to others, but plan for it. Thank you to all those of you who brought the stockings in. And maybe some of you are like, oh, I forgot my stocking at home. They are due today, so you've got to bring them back. But uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for impacting boys and girls' lives across our community. Thank you for those of you who did the angel tree, and those gifts are going to, to uh, kids whose parents are incarcerated. Thank you for that gift. Thank you to those of you who will jump on board with the BGMC Christmas Project, which is the tree right behind it. And, and maybe you'll buy a goat for a family, or maybe you'll buy a, a you know, like a, 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 I don't know, they have other animals that are in that you can buy and different things for a family. And think about that. Other countries, think about the impact that if, if, a, if a town, a village actually had a cow. Think about the impact that that could make. And maybe you're like, you know what, I can't afford the cow in there, but maybe multiple families could come together and you would do that. I know last year that was what happened is, is a bunch of them were really excited. I think they bought like a yak or something like that for, for, a, for a village and the impact that. But you know what happens? You have to plan to make that happen. Plan to be generous with your time. Plan to be generous with your praise of others. Plan to be generous with your forgiveness. Plan to be generous with your patience. Plan to be generous with your compassion. Plan to be generous with your wisdom. Plan to be generous with your insight. Let's be audacious in our generosity. Not just our financial resources, but, but let's be audacious with our patience. Let's people around us be like, man, that is crazy how patient you are with those who are around you. 
Some of you need to be audaciously patient with your spouse. Little giggles. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says this, but just as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge, in complete earnestness and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Think about this for a minute. That you are generous in your faith and that in that, that you also excel in the grace of giving. See, our capacity for audacious generosity many times is limited by our lack of planning. Our capacity for audacious generosity is many times limited only by our lack of planning. So plan it. Plan it. Jesus makes it very simple. He said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So we got to break free. We got to plan it. Here's the, here's the third one right here is you got to sacrifice. You got to sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 13 says this, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. See, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a sacrifice to be audaciously generous with your time. It's going to be a sacrifice to be audaciously generous with your talent. It's going to be a sacrifice to be audaciously generous with your resources. And sometimes life actually requires some sacrifice. Sometimes it means holding back on certain things. Sometimes it means sacrificing in our lives to see other people take steps in theirs. Romans 6.13 says this, Give yourself completely to God, every part of you, for you are back from death. You want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purposes. God wants to use you. God wants to use your life. The resources he's entrusted you with. God has a plan and purpose for you. But for some of us, it's going to require sacrifice. In fact, I would say for all of us, it will require sacrifice. That's why a few chapters later, Paul shares this. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... So in view of what God's done for us, his mercy for us, he says to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Everything you have. Your dreams, your desires, everything. You offer it as a living sacrifice which is holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and per proper worship. See, one of the things that we always focus in on is the seed planting of our time, our resources, of our talents. But can I just tell you, there's also another piece of it, and Paul's talking about it here, and this is what he's reminding us about is, listen, it is also an act of worship. When you give of your time, when you give of your talents, when you give of your resources, it is an act of worship to the Lord. I'm sacrificing, Lord, so others can take steps. This is my act of worship to you. So many times we think it's about giving and getting, but it's not about giving and getting. It's about worshiping the Lord. 
We come together and we worship the Lord with our voices and we sing songs of praise to Him. That's one way of doing it. We sit here and we listen to messages and we put our attention and focus towards the Lord and we say, God, would you speak to me this morning? But there's also another way is when we give of our time and our resources and of our, of, of our talents that we're literally saying, God, this is an act of worship and I'm sacrificing this and offering it to you, which is true and proper worship. Jesus is reminding us that it's blessed to give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. The last one is this, is, is that we do it. And I said, Pastor Brian, I, I thought that was implied by the first two. No, the, the first three, the, the sacrifice, the breaking free, the idea for you and I to actually plan it. Those are all pieces that are there, but, but what it really boils down to is, is we just got to do it. You want to be audacious in your generosity, then just do it. Just be that person who says, I am going to live an audacious life that is audaciously generous with others. Hebrews chapter 13, the writer writes this, keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can I remind you to keep your life free from the love of money and be content and then just do it. And the reason why you just do it is because you recognize that in every season, in every moment when you're giving of your time, in every moment when you're giving of your talents, in every moment when you're giving of your resources, what is happening is, is you're recognizing that God has never left you and he won't. That he's not going to forsake you. That he is with you in the midst of everything. See, the early church really modeled this well. When you look at the early church in Acts, it says that there was no need among them because the people of God came together in a way where they were generous. They were audacious in their generosity. And here's the other thing that's crazy is as a church, we can be audacious in our generosity of our team. You know, there's a transition that's happening here at Bethany and, and uh, Pastor Braley and Aubrey are actually moving back to Oklahoma. That's where they're from. They're going to be serving as kids pastors, both of them, preschool and elementary kids pastors, at a church called Victory in Norman, Oklahoma. And you know what? For many of us, we could sit in a moment like this and we could think, I want to keep them. Or we could be generous. We could be audaciously generous and say, man, I'm going to send them out. I know that God's going to use them. I know that God has great plans for them. That's what the early church did. The early, the early church was constantly sending others out. In fact, the early church gave two of their top leaders, Barnabas and Saul, to God's missional purposes. Along with that, they even sent the up-and-coming, John Mark, and they said, go out and do the work of the ministry. Go out and, and be who God's called you to be. And we can have an audacious, audacious generosity with our staff. And I believe this, that as we continue to be audaciously generous with our staff, that God will only continue to bring back the best of the best. That he'll just keep bringing back the best of the best. And he'll say, you know what, Bethany, I'm going to use you as a church body to grow and to shape and to mold and to form. And I'm going to send them underneath Pastor Brian's leadership during the season. And then I'm going to send them out. And instead of being surprised and shocked, and, oh my goodness, what's happening? Let's be audaciously generous. Let's be like, man, we, we had the privilege of pouring into Pastor Braley and Aubrey for five years. And now we're sending them out and God's going to do great things in and through them. In that city, in that area, 
And you know what? It's, God has a bigger plan than just Adrian. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a plan for Adrian. It's just there's a bigger plan that's going on outside of us. So every time we're sending people out, we go, man, for five years, we got to pour into them. For five years, we got to see Briggs and Camry continue to grow. And I know you're going to miss them. We're going to miss them like crazy. But you know what I think in my mind? They were sitting here in this church. They saw a pastor who loved them. They saw a church who loved them. And you know what they're going to continue to do? They're just going to go out there and they're going to be audacious with their generosity of love with other people. And they're just going to love people. They're not even going to know the difference of it because they're just going to keep loving people. It's interesting. Acts 4.33 says, And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy persons among them. And I wonder this morning what God is challenging you to be audacious with. Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your resources. Maybe it's your talent. Can I just challenge you to break free? This morning, break free. Break free from debt. Break free from limiting mindsets. Scarcity mindset. Break free from... God couldn't use me and my talents. No, break free from that. Break free from it all. Plan it. Have a plan for how you're going to be audaciously generous with your time, with your talents, with your resources. Plan it out. Sacrifice. Be willing to sacrifice in your life. Be willing to sacrifice of your time and your talents and your gifts. then just do it. Come on, just do it. Just do it. Just go out and be generous. Just go out and make an impact. Just go out and invite people to join you. Say, you know what, I'm going I'm to invite you to come out and, and join me at church because I know God's doing great things. Just be, just, just be generous. Every week, people have been coming to know Jesus. Last week, there was seven, seven people, wasn't it? Anyways, I think it was seven. The week before that, there was 11 people who gave their lives to Christ. I'm very confident of that number. But every week, people are coming to know Jesus. And I was sitting there, and I was thinking about that moment. Many times, I'll look across this room, and and I'll see people that I know have been serving Jesus for a long time. Sometimes I just kind of fall back and I say, oh, we got this. The Lord was just speaking to my heart and said, Brian, yeah, we, we've got this, but what you gotta understand, Brian, is there are still people who need to take some steps and maybe today, maybe today you need to, you need to take some steps back towards Christ. It's interesting because I think for a lot of us, we could look at moments like this and we could be challenged with the thought of being generous with our time, being generous with our talents, being generous with our resources. And yet we could still keep living and acting the same way. And I believe God today is challenging us and he's saying, listen, I was generous with forgiveness. I was generous with grace. I was generous with mercy. 
because I loved you. For God so loved you. For God was so generous with you. For God so loved you that he gave. He gave. He showed us what audacious generosity looks like. He sacrificed and left heaven. He had a plan and came to earth. He broke free from the shackles of sin when he lived a sinless life. He did it for you and for me so that we could have relationship with the Father. And today I want to encourage you right now if you would join me in closing your eyes for a moment and bowing your head. I just want to ask you a simple question today. Do you know him? Do you know him? You see, God personally wants you to know him. See, there's this thing called sin that keeps us separate from God. And that sin has a way of creeping into our lives and it becomes a barrier between us and God. And see, for some of us here today, maybe for you, you've never accepted Jesus into your life. You've never asked him to be Lord of your life. And there's this wall between you and him and it's called sin. And Jesus today wants to remove that wall. Maybe others of you this morning, you may be sitting here and maybe you remember a moment when you gave your life to Christ. But honestly, you haven't been living as though that has happened. And God right now is reaching out to you and he's saying, listen, I am crazy madly in love with you. I have a plan and purpose for you. And right now, right now, I am reaching out to you and I want you to come back into relationship with me. And so today, it would be a moment of you recommitting your life. It's not the first time, but it's a moment of you recommitting and saying, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Be my best friend. Forgive me of my sin. God, I'm turning back to you. I'm taking a step today. And if that's you today, whether it's for the first time or, or, or a time of recommitting your life to Christ this morning, I'm just going to ask you to do something real simple. I'm just going to ask you just to raise your hand, just to say, that's me, Pastor Brian. I, I need that relationship with Jesus. And you would just raise your hand right now and you say, that's me. I'm recommitting my life to Christ right now or I'm making a commitment right now for the first time. I see those hands back there, those two hands. Come on, someone else, you would just say, that's me right now. I need Christ right now in this moment, in this time. And this, I see that hand right there. Come on, anyone else, you just say, that's me, Pastor Brian. I need to take that step today. Whether it's a step for the first time, I see that hand right there. You just say, right now, that's me. I'm needing to take a step today. I want us to pray with those who raised their hand this morning. And even if you didn't raise your hand this morning, you'd pray this prayer with us. We believe that God will meet with you and he'll hear your prayer. But would you just join me by repeating this with me? Would you say, Jesus, right now, I'm turning to you. I thank you that you love me that you died on the cross for me. I need your forgiveness. Change my life. From this moment on, I will never be the same because I'm accepting your love. 
I'm accepting your forgiveness. And I know that I have a brand new home in heaven from this moment forward. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap of praise.